time, brother. Always pass. Road trip radio. Welcome to Road Trip Radio. If you're having trouble finding us on the dial, I'm confused because you're listening to us right now. This is the show for all the families out there taking in the sights, sounds, and sometimes unfortunate smells of Canada. I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Caitlin Howden. On today's road trip, we will pull into Canada's most populous province, Ontario. We just felt that some parts of Ontario were not getting enough of the spotlight, like Toronto. But before we do that... Here's a little bit about the place we like to call Ontario. Get to know Ontario. Over 40% of all Canadians live in Ontario, including all of your weird cousins in Sudbury, but they have a pool. Ontario's capital, Toronto, is considered the most multicultural city in the world, where a reported 60% of the population has tried Greek yogurt at least once. Pearson International Airport is the biggest airport in Canada. The airport has a proud tradition of losing every third bag and has the highest percentage of frowns per capita. Ottawa, Ontario is the nation's capital and is also known as the best place to watch fireworks once a year. The University of Toronto is the biggest university in all of Canada, with 82,000 students and 82,000 backpacks. And finally, we have to mention Niagara Falls. We just have to. Oh, you have yeah. to. Niagara Falls. It's just an amazing place. You've oh, you gotta have go to there. go. Niagara Falls for the win. And that's a little bit about a place we call Ontario. Also, on today's show, we meet a young woman who could possibly be prime minister one day. We head out on a mysterious search for UFOs. We learn how to get into the Drake concert in multiple languages. And as always, we're about to talk to Peter Oldring, our roving reporter who is in Ontario. I'm nervous to talk with Peter because whatever he's getting up to, it's likely not good. Uh, Peter, are you there? Yes. Hello, Pat. And uh, greetings to Caitlin if she is within earshot. Uh, Pat, I'm in Ontario, and more specifically, I'm in Burlington. And I think a lot of listeners would say, well, now, why in the world would you be there? Uh, No offense to Burlington. Uh, But I'll tell you why I'm here. Of course, it is for Rib Festival. This is Canada's largest rib festival. And as I look around me, I am literally seeing everything between a snout and a tail. Uh, It's being smoked. It's being sauced. It's being served. It's a meat lover's dream. Well, what a, a thrill for you. We we certainly know how much you love ribs, so uh, it must be very exciting <laughs> for you to be at Canada's largest rib fest. Absolutely. Very exciting for me. Uh, of course, uh, if you were a vegetarian, uh, this is a living nightmare. Uh, lots of things would trigger you here, but of course, I'm not, so I'm, I'm here. I'm enjoying rib festival. I'm about to mow down on what would seem to be a half slab of ribs. They are soft, they are warm, they are ready, and I am toasting now. Mm. <laughs> All right, Pete. Well, uh, perhaps we'll check in with you a little bit later on, and uh, maybe you. Having a hard time understanding you, Pete. So maybe we'll uh, we'll let you finish your ribs, and we'll check in with you a little later on in the program. Peter Lake, Peter Lake, Peter Lake. All right. Well, t- take care, Peter. Oh, 
tomorrow on Road Trip Radio. It's a new episode of Flip This Fort. Uh, hi, I'm John. And I'm Susie. We're brother and sister, and mm. our dad built this fort back in 2010. Yeah. Susie and John have decided it's time to make some hard choices about their tree fort. We and really would like to flip it now. Yeah, the only issue yeah, is the roof, that the, the roof, roof is caving, caving in. Well, it's made out of magazines. They want to put their fort on the market, so they've called in Ford expert Dirk Mabuck to get some advice on renovations. Yeah, no, Susie, I understand that, mm-hmm. okay? But it's gonna cost you, right? And you've got bigger issues right now, like that hole that you call a window. Uh, hello, it's not up to code. While Susie stews over the budget, John has some other ideas about how to get this fort ready to sell. A lot of forts in the neighborhood have sold well over asking uh-huh. uh, here because I think they have a trap door. Yeah, well, a trap door is going to be tricky, if I'm being honest, John, because right now your floor is made out of your parents' old coffee table, and I can't use power tools. Dirk tries to get everybody going in the same direction with what he believes is the only way to flip this fort. Right now, it's not really the best time to put a fort on the market because kids don't really have, like, any money, right? So... How about we sell it for candy? If we did that, you'd probably get at least two chocolate bars and maybe even a jar of premium jelly bellies. And if you guys would be willing to drop escrow to simply 10 days, you'd get a popsicle. Done deal! All this and more this week on Flip This Fort. Let's flip this fort! <laughs> that was cool. Only on Road Trip Radio. Road Trip Radio Community Calendar! It's now time for the Ontario Community Calendar, brought to you by these crazy kids. A warning, only one of these events is real. It's up to you to decide which one it is. In celebration of Canada 150, the City of Ottawa presents Ignite 150, a series of 17 epic stunts and happenings that will turbocharge every corner of the capital in 2017. Next weekend is the Ontario Carnival of Cannonballs. All residents are asked to drop what they are doing and do a cannonball into a lake. August is Toronto Awareness Month. Residents are asked to remind everyone that Toronto still exists. And that's the Road Trip Radio Community Calendar brought to you by these crazy community kids. This is you. Doing quizzes on the open road with us, Sophia and Zoe. Whales, tall tails, spuds, and buds. Let's hit the road. You wanna go? Go. Let's go. All right, okay. Kill, fine. Let's hit the road, yeah. Oh, it's got to be Ontario. Ontario is great for a number of reasons, but topping my list is its people and its food. Ontario is not only the most densely populated province in Canada, it's also the most culturally diverse. And with different cultures come different cuisines. So, what better way to get to know Ontario than through its wonderful foods? How well do you know Ontario? We're going to be guiding you through with three hints per food to see if you can guess which food we're talking about. And remember, this is only a slice of what Ontario has on the table. Alright, let's get started. Here's the first three hints. Three. This food is thin and flat. Two. This is a well-known specialty in Thunder Bay. One. It's often served with berries or maple syrup. Did you guess the Finnish specialty? Letto pancakes? 
Thunder Bay has the largest Finnish population outside of the Nordic countries. Stop by Hoido's restaurant in downtown Tibay to taste this delicious traditional Finnish meal. Next up, three. You can find it growing on bushes in nature. Two. Eat them raw or cooked. Either way, they're really good. One. They will stain your teeth purple or dark blue. If you take someone else's, they're gonna know who did it. We are talking about wild blueberries. They're native to North America, and you'll find them growing all over Ontario. Ojibwe people have been picking and eating these nutritious berries for centuries. Is your mouth watering yet? Now we're headed over to the nation's capital. Guess this food. Three. Watch this food spin before landing on your plate. Two. This can be served on a plate or in a pita wrap. One. You can choose between different kinds of meat. The answer is Lebanese shawarma. Ottawa has a huge Lebanese diaspora, so it has plenty of shawarma restaurants to choose from. Justin Trudeau probably grabs one of these sandwiches before hitting that parliament pavement. He and I have that in common. Well, the the eating part, at least. <laughs> Next. We bet you know the logo for this one, but did you know it's from Ontario? Three. It was founded by a hockey player. Two. You might visit this restaurant for food or for a hot drink. And one. It's probably the only place where you can walk in and order a double-double and everyone knows what you mean. <sighs> Originally from Hamilton, Ontario, Tim Hortons is one of the most iconic Canadian brands in this country. And perhaps beyond? Next on the menu, three. It's hot, serving-wise and spice-wise. Two. It's originally from an island. One. That island is in the Caribbean. Did you guess jerk chicken? Toronto has the largest Jamaican population outside of Jamaica. This dish may be hot, but it's also pretty cool. Drake and Rihanna recorded a music video at Toronto's Real Jerk last summer. Spicy! Ugh, well, I'm stuffed from this food tour. These foods sound delicious, though. Lunch date? Yeah! <laughs> We're using that. They're using that. And now, in conversation. At 17 years old, Riley Yesno of Thunder Bay, Ontario, is graduating from high school this year. She is also the youngest member of the Prime Minister's Youth Council. We're going to talk to her about things like politics, school teachers, and what they have in common. And also, I'm going to ask her once and for all, what does Justin Trudeau smell like? But first, hi Riley. Hi. What exactly is a youth council? So the Prime Minister's Youth Council, um, it's an advisory committee um, to the Prime Minister. And so it's 26 of us and they're Canadian youth aged 16 to 24. And um, we're supposed to advise the Prime Minister on issues that matter to youth, which which turns out to be almost everything. <laughs> How did you um, become part of this Prime Minister's Youth Council? Um, well, my mom actually saw it on Facebook. On Facebook? Yeah, he was putting out an all call, sort of, um, like really prompting everyone to apply. And um, my mom was like, you have to do this. So I listened like a good kid. <laughs> so it was your it was your mom saw it on Facebook, which could sometimes take away the cool factor of it. But then you saw that it was actually a legit cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she... I mean, it's hard when your mom tells you to do something that, that you think it's cool. You automatically think it's uncool. But um. <laughs> So tell me, uh, have you been able to meet Justin Trudeau? 
I have uh-huh, on, on a couple occasions now. And what's he like? He's really nice, true to pictures. Um, <laughs> the weird thing is um, the first thing people ask me, this sounds super weird, but the first thing people ask me all the time when I say that I've met Justin Trudeau is um, like what he smells like. <laughs> what he smells like. Yes. And that's not something I would have thought of, but apparently people really want to know. <laughs> so what does, what does Justin Trudeau smell like? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's like the prime minister. <laughs> I guess it's just a good one. <laughs> I say that, I feel like people know. I feel like they get it. Yeah. Um, and and what, what's he like to speak with? He's actually like really, really awesome. Um, you can definitely tell he's a teacher or he was a teacher, especially a drama teacher um, from the way that he interacts, like so, so um, like interactive. So I don't know what's the word, like larger than life. But it was really nice, too, is like he's very attentive. That's really cool to know. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so important, Riley, for young people to be involved in politics? I... I really think it's important because you are, it's super cliche, but you know, the change makers, like you are the future of Canada. What you do today impacts tomorrow. So um, if you have so many people like fighting for a good Canada, like the odds of it being bad are less. (laughs) Well, that's kind of encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Riley, you're passionate about politics, um, but you're also passionate about um, the arts. You're also an artist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Art is what I'm like, I've done it since I was super, super young. Um, and I really, really like it. Um, I do like a lot of photorealism sort of art. What is that exactly? So I basically set up like, or take a portrait or um, take an image of a still life or something like that. And my goal is to make it look as true to the picture as possible. So Riley, tell me, what does the future hold for you, do you think? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I actually very, very recently this week did a complete 180 of what I wouldn't do. I was so sure um, I was going to go to art school. But after coming back from my last meeting and working, um, especially on the topic of reconciliation, I, I decided that like politics is something that I don't think I could ever really get tired of. And w- was there a moment that you can recall that you were like, oh, oh maybe I'm not going to go to OCAD after all? It was probably near the end of the meeting, actually. It was a very emotional meeting, but seeing the impact um, that it had on the 20, um, the uh, 26 of us um, meeting these ministers and hearing people's stories and advocating for Indigenous people and all of those things, I was like, that is something I think I would want to do. The feeling I had then is better than the feeling I had when I painted my best piece of art. And so I kind of took that and ran with it, I think. And I, I'm, I'm thinking it's a good decision. <laughs> Riley, honestly, I cannot wait to see what you make, uh, whether it's uh, policies or paintings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with us, Riley. This was just so lovely. Thank you for having me. To share your road trip adventures with us, head to the Road Trip Radio Facebook page. Are you on Instagram? Tag us in some photos. We're at Road Trip Radio. To see our website, head to roadtripradio.ca. The CA stands for Canada. If it was a .com, it would be pronounced Commanda.
We are back with more Road Trip Radio. I'm Caitlin Howden here with Pat Kelly. And today we are looking at all things a place to grow, a place to know, Ontario. Now it's time to name the Great Lakes. Oh, fabulous. Uh, Lake Simcoe. Um, Great Bear Lake. Reindeer Lake. Lake Champlain. Uh, Ricky Lake. Yes, great. Those are, of course, not the traditional Great Lakes. Those are simply four Canadian lakes and one 90s celebrity, but it's a game we like to play. It's now time to check in with our roving reporter and good friend, Peter Oldring, who is at Ribfest in Burlington, Ontario. And last time we talked to Peter, things weren't going so well for him. So hopefully his situation has improved. Peter, are you there? Yes. Hello, Pat. And and I certainly wish we could be speaking uh, on happier terms, really. Well, my goodness, why why are we not speaking on happy terms? Yes, of course, it's nothing personal between the two of us. Uh, but uh, sadly, I've I've made a bit of a mistake here, and it's really one that I I simply can't write at this point. There's really no way out. Oh my goodness! Did you have too many ribs? No, 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 no. I I had just the right amount. Uh, that went perfectly well. Uh, what actually happened is I made a, a poor choice uh, in wearing a, a white suit that was given to me by my grandmother, as well as a white Bermuda hat. Uh, the hat's fine. Uh, the suit, however, uh, has what I've counted to be about 14 stains, uh, sauce, uh, spice, smoke. Uh, it's all in the suit, uh, the suit my grandmother gave me. Well, it's not the end of the world. I mean, getting a stain out of a suit is quite easy. I mean, I'd use some soda water, maybe a little salt. No, I, I called Granny Lily, and she said it's, it is the end of the world. Um, and that's something that's really hard to kind of come back from. Oh, my goodness. Well, it, it certainly sounds like you need to get that suit to a cleaner. I'm sure there's a dry cleaner in the area. A what? A, a dry cleaner. It's a, what it's is a- that? Well, it's a, it's a cleaning facility that can definitely get those stains out of that suit. Really? Yeah. Excuse me, have you ever heard of a dry cleaner? Uh, where? <laughs> okay, uh, I've just been pointed in the direction of this uh, dry cleaner you speak of, Pat. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that sounds like a plan, Pete. Uh, we would love to go with you to the dry cleaner, but unfortunately, we've got to get on with this episode, so maybe we'll check in with you a little later on to see how the cleaning of your suit goes. Absolutely, Pat. Follow your bliss. Do what you need. That's what I'm doing. Okay, okay. all right. Well, you yeah, take care, Peter. Is. We'll check in with you soon. Martindizing. What does that even mean? Okay. Look up. Look way up. That's a reference for the adults in the room. On a clear night, you'll probably see the moon or some stars, but if you look even more carefully, you might see something else. A UFO, perhaps? In this next story, father and son road trip radio correspondents Jeff and Charlie Siskind head out to uncover the truth behind a recent UFO sighting over Lake Ontario. Here is their story. Spooky. That's not a ghost story. Oh. Charlie. What? Can I ask you a question? Okay. Do you think UFOs are real? Uh, maybe. So the whole thing where people say they see, like, alien spaceships and stuff, you don't think that's real? Well, uh, all the, um, UFO footage, I think it's fake. And they just made it all up. 
Well, most of it. Can I tell you a story that I'm not sure about? Okay. Okay. So last November, there was an airplane coming back from Ottawa. And as it was over Lake Ontario, with only seconds to spare, the pilot saw something in the sky. And suddenly the plane had to drop really, really, really fast. He had to steer it down to avoid this thing. Oh. And do you want to know the craziest thing about it? What? They investigated what that thing was that they tried to avoid. So you want to know what they said it was? What? An unidentified flying object. UFO. A UFO. But was it an alien UFO? Or was it just an unidentified flying object? Hmm. I don't know. Well, do you want to try and solve this case with me? Okay. I think if anyone could solve this case, you and I could. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Wish us luck. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to say good luck. Oh, good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. Charlie. What? You know where we're going? Yeah. Where are we going? Um, to... Well, we're going to meet some dude from Transportation Safety Board. That's right. We have lined up an interview with the senior investigator of the Transportation Safety Board, a guy named Peter Roundtree. Char, let's crack this case wide open. Yeah, let's do this. So, Peter... We're here today to talk about the Porter Airlines flight on November 14th, 2016. Can you describe what, what happened to me? So essentially, essentially, the Porter Airlines flight was on approach into uh, Toronto Island Airport. And as the, as the aircraft was on approach into the airport, the pilots uh, looked out and saw something in front of them. They had no idea what it was. Uh, and realized they were on a collision course with the object and quickly pitched the nose of the aircraft down to essentially go underneath the object. Of course, when they did this, the flight attendants who were in the back weren't seated. One was thrown into the ceiling, one was thrown into a sidewall, and they got some minor injuries. What was it? We have no idea, honestly. Um, The pilots described to us what looked to be a brown, brownish colored, I think the term used was something that looked like a donut, a big brown beige colored donut, uh, five to 10 feet in diameter, um, upright. So standing, a donut standing up. What it was, we have never been able to determine. So we have classified it officially as an unidentified flying object because it technically meets the terms for an unidentified flying object. Did you ever do a report? No, we did not do an official report. Uh, and who, who makes that call not to do a report? Uh, my boss, uh, or it'll go further up to, up to our headquarters people. Could it have been visitors from another planet? You know what? Officially, I'm not even going to speculate on that. So what did you think? That was super cool. 
Super cool, but what do you think about his story? I think there's still something weird, the fact that they didn't investigate it. Yeah. So what do we do now? Um, we gotta solve this, right? Yeah. Alright, Charlie. We're building something here. We're building a story, but still we've got a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, I know. I've arranged for us to talk on the phone to a guy named Ali Siadatan. He's a, a filmmaker who runs a site called thinkagainproductions.com, and apparently he's actually seen a UFO with his own eyes. That's pretty cool. Hello? Hello, is this Ali? Yes, yes. So the first thing we'd like to hear about is, is your own experience with, with seeing a UFO firsthand. Okay, I'd gone to Iran uh, to visit my dad. So it's very late, around midnight. Often, in long stretches of the highway, we may be the only car. Um, and my dad's wife, uh, she points out the window behind my head, and she starts to make these sounds, like, ah, 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 ah. and I look out the window to the right, and just a few hundred feet away, very close to the car, there's this object. It's very, very large, and I can see green lights all around it. And this tube, this large tube came out of the ground, and this thing went and stood directly on top of it, and then it went into the ground. Wow. That's amazing. What do you think about that, Charlie? Okay, that is super weird. So the incident that me and Charlie have been investigating, we've been looking into it. We had a conversation with someone at the Transportation Safety uh, Board, and they've stopped investigating it. For someone above them has chosen not to investigate it any further. Does that is that a common sort of occurrence, or is this an unusual thing? Yeah, that's very common when it comes to uh, how it's looked into and how it's investigated. Um, <clears throat> In, in the Western world, led by the United States, the word is, there's nothing to see here, folks. No one really talks about it. So, Charlie. What? We've talked to a lot of people, but I don't know that we really have any definitive answers. I know. Now, Charlie, there's one more person that I, I made an interview request with that I don't know if you know about. Oh, no. I made an interview request to the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, to see if he would give us some answers on either what this thing was or what happened with the report. And do you want to know what he said? Wait, we're going to interview Justin Trudeau? <laughs> I wish we were going to interview Justin Trudeau. Actually, the Prime Minister's office never responded to my interview request. And you know what that tells me? It's a cover-up. It's definitely a cover-up. Yeah. So the only thing we do know is, you know, one theory was that it was like a piece of garbage floating around in the sky, but do you believe that in your heart? Or it could be aliens. So here we are outside of our house, and the reason I want to bring you here is we have some binoculars, and the lake is that direction. So I think if we look through these binoculars towards the lake, do you want to see if we can see anything? Okay. We're not leaving here until we solve this case. You want to know why? This is what we do. 
Yes, Charlie. This is what we do. What do you see? Clear sky. Any aliens? No. I, don't know. I have a feeling we're going to be here for a while. Did, did you bring any chips or anything? No, maybe we should go inside. Yeah, let's see if your mom has any snacks for us. Okay. For behind-the-scenes photos of investigators Charlie and Jeff on the case, check out our Instagram account. It's now time for a Road Trip Radio Language Minute, where we explore the words and phrases you might come across while talking your way through the country. Hey Pat, you lived in Toronto for a bit, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Me too. So we both know that Toronto is the most multicultural city in Canada, which means you're going to hear a lot of different languages. If you needed directions to the Drake concert, it would be helpful to ask for them in some of the city's most popular languages. Let's find out how you would say, excuse me, but could you tell me how to get to the Drake concert in Italian? Mi scusi, saprebbe dirmi come arrivare al concerto di Drake? In Spanish. In Cantonese? Punjabi? Excuse me? Uh, do you have any concert Air Canada And Farsi? concert Drake Oh, I hope he plays started from the bottom. <sighs> This has been another Road Trip Radio Language Minute. Excuse me, can I borrow a quarter? I need to use your hotline bling. Ah, that one didn't work so well. Road Trip Radio is made possible with the support of our sponsors. Underwater Hair Salon, Truthpaste, and The Running of the Bears. This Saturday, come on down to Canada's National Park for the inaugural Running of the Bears. It's like Spain's Running of the Bulls, but with a Canadian twist. Bring the whole family down to the park where they will spend the morning being coated in honey and berries from head to toe. When the town hall clock strikes 12 noon, a hungry pack of bears will be let loose, and that's when the real fun begins. Families will run along a gorgeous running path with a beautiful view of the lake. Then the path will bring both the runners and the bears right through historic Main Street, where locals will cheer them on and offer first aid. Then the surviving runners race for the finish line at the Glenview Hospital's newly renovated emergency room. The Running of the Bears is an experience that your whole family won't soon forget. Sign up now! While space isn't limited, we need to know how many runners we're going to have so we can maintain a three bear per ten runner ratio. The Running of the Bears. Get ready to run for your lives. running out of time and it's clear to see that Ontario is way too big a province with too many things to experience to try and get it all into one episode. Absolutely Caitlin it really is a wonderful place and you know hearing you describe it all day I think I've come up with a saying that really captures the essence of Ontario. Okay. It's an original. Okay. Yours to discover. Before we go why don't we check in with our resident roving reporter Peter Oldring 
who is at Ribfest in Burlington, Ontario. Last time we talked to Peter, he was having a bit of a time, so hopefully his situation has improved. Peter, are you uh, are you there? Hey, Pat. Yes, uh, yes, I am. And uh, to be exact, I'm back at Ribfest here in Burlington, and. Uh, immediately in front of me is a pulled pork sandwich, a delicious, uh, quite a large sandwich that I'm looking forward to enjoying. Fantastic. So you got the suit cleaned and you've returned to Ribfest uh, to, to enjoy the food that you love the most. Well, uh, not quite. The suit is being cleaned as we speak. And while I'm waiting for it to be clean, I have made my way back to Ribfest. And as I say, I'm about to enjoy this delicious looking pulled pork. So what are you wearing, Peter? I'm wearing nothing. I didn't want to get my boxer shorts uh, stained in sauce. It's the only pair I have for the trip, so uh, those are on the chair beside me, and I am about to enjoy this sandwich. What are you looking at? Mind your own business. Peter, are you naked? Uh, Yes, yes, I am. Excuse me. If you want a sandwich like this, you can get it from that station over there. Don't look at mine. I'm sorry, Pat. Go ahead. Are you sure that's a good idea? I mean... Oh, oh, hold on a second. Oh, gosh, uh, a couple security guards here are... uh, Chasing me here. Um, oh my All right, gosh. Uh, Pete. Uh, maybe we'll leave <laughs> yeah. you to uh, address the situation that you're currently in, and uh, we want to thank don't you for worry being about on. It. These, uh, these security guards look like they've had a few ribs. I don't think they're going to be able to catch me. <laughs> All right, I'll try to catch me. All right. Uh, well, you take care, Peter. We've got to wrap the show up, so you oh, take what care. What are you looking at? Like you've never seen this, man. Mind your own business. Okay, buddy. You got it. Thanks for listening to Road Trip Radio. We leave you today with the tranquil sounds of the 401 meeting Highway 400 on a hot Friday evening in summer. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. See you next province. Road Trip Radio has been made possible by the Government of Canada and is produced by Kelly and Kelly Creative and Sumo Audio. Research by Matt Masters, Janice Tufford, and Leslie Johnson. With contributions by Dave Shumka, Brian Short, Paul Tedeschini, Sophia LePage, Zoe Robertson, Jen Bohm, Naomi Sneekis, Matt Barham, Mike Balazzo, Sandy Jobin Bevins, and the Road Trip Radio kids from Arts Umbrella in Vancouver. Keep listening to Road Trip Radio, broadcasting 24 hours a day.